0: The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. This morning, especially the dads. How many dads we got here this morning? Raise your hands. Dads, okay. Y'all going to know what I'm talking about like right off the bat pretty much before I even finish the story. Uh, I'm guilty of this myself, and I'm not a dad, um, but guys do this in general. Um, Ladies, you you know we do this. Um, But one time when I was a lot younger... I, uh, I was back in my room. I don't remember what I was doing, but I hear my dad holler at me. And he said, uh, Dylan! And so I was like, okay, let me go see what he wants. He sounds like he's kind of needing something really badly. So I walk in there, and I see this right here. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, hey, can you hand me the TV remote? I was like, are you kidding me? Like it's literally like three inches away from you. Like, you couldn't do that yourself. Now, I know y'all are guilty of that, man. I'm guilty of that. Okay? I know it. Don't act like you're not. Okay? And he did this to me all throughout my life. It's gotten a little better. And I say now when he when he really needs me to get something for him at his age, I said now he doesn't even ask me. So my dad is uh my dad is a very uh he is not a lazy guy. He is uh a very go-getter, a very active, always working kind of guy. As we speak right now, he's actually out working. So uh, I promise you that. Uh, if I was to put a million dollars down on what my dad's doing 99.9% of the time, it's working. Um, and so uh, he just has those moments. And you know, and you understand, guys, when you go in from a long day of working outside in the heat and everything else, when you sit down, what do you do? Well, that and you're done, right? You say you're going to get back up. You got, it's like, I just got to finish the eating. I just got to go back out and I got to mow this little spot. You, it's too late. You've done. sit down. You know, you are done. Okay. Cause I've been there before. Um, and over the times he kept doing that to me. And sometimes it was like, he'd do it five or six times. And I got to where I was just ignoring it until like the sixth time I was like, I sw- I'm telling you, he better be dying right now if he's going to call me in there. Um, and eventually it got to the point where he wasn't even reaching. He was just, I'd walk in and he'd be like, Hey, just grab me that. <laughs> and then it became a list of things, too, behind it, like, hey, grab me this, 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 and this while you're up, since you're in here. So, uh, yes, guys, we're guilty of this. My personal experience, uh, <laughs> I actually failed, but I do this to Brooklyn all the time. We, we give each other a hard time. we was like, we're gonna be like hey, we get this? And since you're up, we you do this? You know, we'll, we'll do that to each other. But one time we were eating. I think I had a, I don't even remember, I was eating, like, a really spicy food or something. And I was like, hey, will you, uh, will you get me some water? And she was like, yeah, OK. So she immediately she goes up and she goes and gets it. And uh, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there for about a minute or two. And I'm like, OK. I was like, you know, she just got a little sidetracked. I was like, uh, my mouth's not that hot. I'm OK. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm uh, feeling the heat. Uh, I love spicy foods. If you don't know, if you ever want to bring me some spicy foods, that's for me. Just a little shout out there. Um, but a minute or two goes by, and I'm like, OK. She just got a little sidetracked. I keep waiting patiently. Five minutes goes by. I'm like, okay. I was like, uh, maybe, uh, maybe she just, uh, maybe the house caught on fire. She's trying to use that bottle of water to put the fire out, but you're not supposed to use water. Uh, I was like, maybe that's what's taking her so long. And then 15, 20 minutes goes by, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay. Apparently, she had to go down to the gulf Get some ocean water, filter the sand, or excuse me, the salt out of it, purify it, and then bring it all the way back so I could drink it. <laughs> so I was like, man, I really need this water. And uh, so I sat there for about 30 minutes before I finally walked in there. And I, and I caught her in the kitchen. She's talking to her mother. 30 minutes, no joke. <laughs> and I was just like, man. I just snatched the water of my hand. I went back, took me a big swig, went back to eating. Really, my mouth had cooled off by then. I went so long without water. You ever done that before? You don't have nothing to drink. Yeah, yeah, that's the point I was. Uh, but to say all that, um, on my part, it was laziness, right? If I really wanted that water real bad, I would have went and got it myself, right? Like, because I, I, obviously I didn't need it that bad. I sat there for about 20, 30 minutes, you know, my mouth. I was just sweating, you know, I was just burning up. I was like, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, I was obviously I didn't need it that bad. But uh, that was my failure of an attempt to try to like, hey, will you get me this? You know, my attempt to, I'll call it be the dad. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to talk about this morning, taking an initiative um, into your own hands um, in our lives with Christ, um, taking control of things that need to be taken control of by us. Okay. And I don't want you to take it as we need to take control from God. That's not what this message is about. It's about taking control of things God puts in our hands to take control of, okay? And that's what I wanted to talk about this morning. Just as my dad um, called me in there to get, the, to get the TV remote, to get whatever, um, those things he needed, um, that uh, showed me, and me doing that to Brooklyn showed me, that there's times when I need to take control. I need to take initiative, of my own life, my own difficulties, my own problems. Um, and so I'm going to start out, we're going to start off by talking about a well-known group of people. Um, but you kind of know this story already, so I'm going to paraphrase it because it's a lot. We're going to look at the Israelites um, and Moses. Um, Numbers 10, verses 11 and 12, and these are not up here because, like I said, I'm going to break this down because there's a lot of chapters um, to go through. Um, verses 10 and 12, The Israelites lived in Mount Sinai for a year, and then a cloud went away from the tabernacle. The Israelites were followed, uh, followed the cloud into the wilderness. Um, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant in front of them. Jesus said he would lead the Israelites to the Promised Land. So they're on their way. Um, they're following this cloud, um, and they're following Moses. Um, numbers uh, 10, 13, it says, The Israelites followed Moses, And they um, did not like the wilderness. They were not happy. Um, They were sorry they had left Egypt. Um, And so they're beginning to feel the pressure of of being in the wilderness. You know, Um, you ever watch, uh, what's that show? uh, The ones with the people in Alaska. You ever seen that? What's that called? You know what I'm talking about? Do you know the name? No. Alaskan Bush people. Let me tell you something. There's this lady on there she is so hardcore, like, she would eat me to death, okay? If we were out in the wildlife, like, I would end up being her supper eventually. Like, I would die off, and she would just, uh, she would keep living, okay? That's how tough these ladies are. Um, And that's the way these Israelites felt. Um, Numbers 11, uh, 4 through 9, it says, Jesus sent them some manna, um, which they got tired of eating manna. Um, They just wanted to eat meat, Um, so Jesus sent sent them some quails. So um, they got real fed up with the food that God was sending them, that Jesus was sending them. Um, they just I, I think about, you know, I always say, somebody will say, what's your favorite meal you could eat for the rest of your life? Anybody, go. Taco. What? Taco. Tacos, you could eat tacos for the rest of your life? Man. Anybody else? I think mine would be, uh, I always say it's brisket. Anybody like brisket? Yeah. I'd say I could eat that for the rest of life, but after I eat it for about a week, guess what? I'm done. Uh, So I feel what they were going through. Uh, Numbers 13, 2 through 3, it says Israelites came to the land of Canaan. Uh, It was the promised land. And it says Moses sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan. Um, So they're going out there. They're uh, inspecting the the promised land that Jesus has... uh, Uh, or God is giving to them that God has sent them to take. It says the spies come back. Um, They brought many kinds of fruit, said the land was very good, but some of the spies were afraid of the people of Canaan. Um, The people were big and strong. They lived in big cities with walls around them. Uh, These people were giants, it says. And uh, so... They didn't, they, they didn't have, uh, they didn't felt like they could take this land that God had told them to take. They were like, it's occupied, um, we'll come back, we'll try again after they die off in another 100, 200 years, you know, we'll find some other vacant land. Um, and everybody in Israel, all the Israelites, they listened to the spies, um, they were afraid, they could, uh, they could not capture the land of Canaan, um, and they were angry at Moses. They wanted to go back to Egypt, um, and they did not have faith in God. Now I want to stop here because we all know what happens right after um, after they they uh, they wanted to go back to Egypt. Anybody tell me what, what do they do next? <laughs> well, they end up roaming in the wilderness for forty years, right? Um, the elderly, the older Israelites, don't make it to the promised land. They. Uh, they end up dying off, and all the young Israelites end up going in, is what ends up happening. Uh, if you remember, God takes Moses up on this mountain and he sees the promised land, but guess what? He doesn't make it, right? God takes him. So, right here, we talk about the Israelites didn't have faith, okay? And what Christ said to go take this land, it's yours. It's yours to have, yours to keep. Take it from these people. And they wouldn't do it because they didn't have faith. Now, the thing I want to point out here is they didn't have faith, but they also didn't have something else. And guess what that is? Initiative. They didn't have initiative. So they didn't take action. Because part of faith is taking action. Okay? And this is something that God's been pointing out in my life a lot here lately, um, that we have to take control of things sometimes that God has placed in front of us, okay? Sometimes God wants to test us a little bit, and he'll set, uh, he'll set something in front of us. He goes, here, it's yours. Just grab it. Just take it, okay? And he, and he takes these things, and he's just testing us, okay? He wants to see how faithful we are and if we're going to do what we're told, So that faith takes some action as well. It takes some initiative. Um, I always tell my students, one thing I always tell them, uh, especially my football boys, uh, I always tell them, uh, if you want to get big, well, you have to work out, right? Trace, I've not told you that a million times. Uh So the same thing works in our life with Christ. Um, Sometimes when we want to have An abundance, when we want to have blessings, when we want to have a little bit of sense and control, we need to take it, okay? Not take it from God, but take whatever God's offered us to take, okay? Um, Whatever he's put in front of us to have, um, to not be passive, to not sit idly by, to not uh, just let things go by. I've had, everybody knows right now, I'm at this stage of uh, my life, I'm about to get married, right? I look at life in stages, and at first, it was graduating high school. And then next, it was graduating college. And then next, it was finding a wife, getting married, right? And that's about to happen for me. And honestly, right now, I'm looking, and I'm thinking, what's next after this? Well, my line of thought is, a little ways down the road, kids, right? That's, that's usually the next step. but. One thing i failed to do and failed to look at is what is next in my life for Christ? Right now, I serve, I'm the youth minister. I serve in the youth ministry here, um, and I will stay until God tells me to go. But we always have to keep our minds focused on the Lord and what he has and where he wants us to do and where he wants us to go. Uh, I want to look at 2 Peter verse 1. Uh, Verse 1, chapter 1, uh, verse 5 through 8. It says this For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self control, and self control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. So Peter here, he's talking to the uh, he's talking to a bunch of Christians spread out across Asia, uh, Asia Minor at the time. Um, and he's given them this list of things um, that they uh, need to strive for, these things that they need uh, to have as followers of Christ. And um, he had just been preaching in this region before. And so he's already left. So he's like, hey, uh, I know I'm gone, but um, you guys need to know this is very important. Um, something for you to keep, something for you to have to know, because uh, I know I'm not there to guide you and direct you, but this is something that's really important. This next part of verse, uh, the, these verses I want to pay, really pay attention to. It says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when I was reading this, it really hit me hard thinking about how much time I spend being ineffective for Christ compared to the time I spend being effective for Christ. Um, you know, we want to make that, that amount of time number or uh, that, that period as small as possible. Okay, we're human Um, We're not going to be God all the time. You're talking about God, thinking about God. You know everything, all about God all the time because we are human. But we need to make that amount as small as possible. I always feel like I'll go through these periods where I'm just I'm I'm on fire. I'm affected for the Lord. I'm doing things. God's moving. And then I feel like these times and honestly, right now, just being honest with you guys right now, because I got so much going on marriage wise, wedding wise, stuff like that. I feel like I'm being ineffective. Okay, I got so much going on work, youth ministry, uh, wedding planning, things like that. I I feel overwhelmed a lot of times and I don't get in my word as much as I should. And uh, I don't think about God as much as I should. Um, And so trying to limit that amount of time we spend focusing on these worldly things. I like what it says right there at the first part. It says, for these qualities are yours and are increasing. I think about that, and I, I got to think another day. I was like, you know, you're either growing or you're not growing in Christ. There's no, there's no middle ground there. There's no standing still. You can say, yeah, I'm standing still, but really if you're standing still, guess what? You're moving backwards. That's the truth you always want to keep moving and growing and looking more like Christ in everything that you do. Um, there's no standing still. There's no comfortable Christians. There's no such thing as a lukewarm Christian. It says there's lukewarm people that God spews from his mouth, okay, um, and that he does not know. First Peter 1.13 says this, Therefore, preparing our minds for action... And being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Christ. We always have to be preparing everything. There's three, there's three areas you always have to be moving in, okay? You have to be moving, okay, in your prayer life. You have to be moving forward in your spiritual life. And you have to be moving forward in your physical life for Christ okay that's the three areas that we have to make sure we're always moving forward in um, and a lot of times it, here's what makes it so hard guys if one area is not moving forward guess what's happening to the rest they're all they're all not moving forward especially prayer it starts with prayer if your prayer life's not moving forward guess what your spiritual life huh, you, you're definitely your physical life is not moving forward I promise you that okay I've been there, I've felt that, I have done that, I promise you. And you guys know that as well. Um, We have to keep moving forward. Don't be uncomfortable, or uh, or excuse me, don't be comfortable. Um, If you want a drink of water, don't wait for somebody to pour it on you. Grab your glass and fill it up. Brooklyn probably should have came in and poured that water on me, in all honesty. Said, get it you dang self. Uh, That's the truth. Uh, laziness in Christ is just unacceptable. It is something that um it is something that uh we need to as 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 believers as followers of christ we need to try to to get out of that that mentality that state um and move away from um, Something that hit me hard too I got to thinking uh that i 've been guilty of that a lot of people have been guilty of is is this and I've heard it said by brothers and sisters in Christ, divine sovereignty does not take away responsibility. I'm going to say that again. Divine sovereignty does not take away responsibility. What am I talking about there? Talking about the passive Christians. When I'm passive in my life, it's okay that I'm not, I'm not working towards Christ. It's okay that I'm not moving forward. It's, not, it's okay that I'm not serving the Lord in my prayer life, in my spiritual life, in my physical life. Why? Because God still loves me, because his grace is so good. And that is truth. And that is very powerful words right there. But it doesn't take away what God called us to do. Last thing, before Jesus left, what did he say? Go forth and make disciples. Go forth and be my followers. Okay? And through that, we have a job to do, and it doesn't take away. It doesn't go away. We don't just sit there and not do what God's called us to do. We have to keep moving forward. I think a lot of times the thing that keeps us moving forward is the fear, the fear of the unknown, the fear of what's going to happen. In one of the most powerful verses in the entire Bible here, I think we underestimate it. It's Luke eleven, Luke eleven nine. Some of you probably know it by heart. It says, "I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you." I think that passive that passivity um, that we have as Christians is is fueled by this fear, by this uh, this fear of the unknown. And I think that we need to remember that God is a God who provides. That is simply it, okay? If you're listening, say, I am. Good. God is a God who provides. He's a God who's always there, and he's a God who always will be. He's a God who takes everything in his hands and puts everything in front of us that he knows we can handle. Nothing more, nothing less, okay? It may feel like more, and it may look like more, but I promise you it's not more. Another person I want you to look at, King David. Let's look at, let's look at David first. David's a man who took initiative. Okay, what's he do? He goes out, he slays Goliath, right? Gets a slingshot, kills this, 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 this giant, kills this monster uh, of a person. And, um, and over time, what happens? God makes him a king, right? He makes him a ruler over his people, okay? Um, and and through that, we can see what happens when you take initiative. I'm not saying you're going to become a king, uh, or we'd all be jumping, right? Everybody wants to be a king. Um, but you will live an abundant life, and you will leave, leave, uh, live a blessed life. I promise you that uh, if you take initiative. In your prayer life, in your spiritual life, and your physical life, um, that the God, the things that God gives to you. Um, the other thing I want to be, I want uh, to to quickly touch on is taking too much initiative, because we see that through David as well. Because what happens after he becomes king? He becomes very prideful. He becomes very selfish, and he begins to take all these things for granted. And he has a woman's husband killed, right? because he's so selfish, because he is um, so prideful in who he is and what he's become, and he forgets who give him that right, who give him that power, who give him that responsibility as king. And so you see what happens when you take initiative, when you look at David's, uh, the second part of his life. But we all at the very end, we see what happens. David comes back to Christ, right? He gets things back in order, things back on track and everything's good. So, we have to avoid that 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 urge as humans as our flesh wants to take control, to uh, to take initiative, to take too much control. Okay, um, and I'll say this: if you have that problem, that's not necessarily, excuse me, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Okay. Um, laziness is even worse than, than taking too much control. Okay, uh, Proverbs ten four says a, sla- uh, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Uh, God has so much to offer for us. He has this this eternal amount of blessings. Okay, we're not talking about the physical, um, the worldly uh, blessings, but he has these um, this eternal riches, this eternal kingdom, um, this eternity of of spending life in heaven that he wants us to have. Um, he just doesn't want us to be too lazy to miss it. He wants us to take control, um, of our, our own, our own, uh, eternity. He wants us to take control of what he has offered us and use it to his glory, to his good and his, uh, kingdom. So pretty short message this morning. Uh, I've shared with you some things with you guys. Hopefully you got something out of it. Um, And I've always said this, you know, if you don't know it's sinning, then are you really sinning? But James 4, 17 says this. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. So guess what? You can't tell me that I didn't ever tell you laziness is not sin. That not taking action is not sinning. So you can thank me for that. Um, you can come up to me. But Dylan, now I'm sinning, man. I didn't know that. So I apologize ahead of time, but I'm just trying to save a brother or sister. Uh, But I'm going to do I'm going to do one song here um, that really, really uh, goes along with this message. I just I know you guys don't hardly know it, um, but I just want you all to think about the words. I want you to think about what it has to say um, as we sing it, um, as we go through it. And uh, it's it's a really powerful song to me because. I don't ever want to be stagnant, stagnant, and be lukewarm in Christ, and feel like I'm really in Christ. That's a scary place to be. Is be to be standing still, think you're good with Christ, then then to not be moving forward. Okay, moving forward, never moving backwards as Christians. Always. Okay, remember that. Um, if that's anything, if that's the only thing you take from this message today, it's just keep moving forward in your Christian walk. Okay. Let's pray.